You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. So we've been dealing with the subject of our testimony. And I just want to share with you from the Word of God. Why don't you stretch your hands to me and pray? Lord, I just thank you for your Word, which is spirit and is life. As we're going to your Word right now, Lord, I ask for your grace, your anointing, anointed slips of clay. You know without you I can do nothing. I rely on you to communicate the oracles of God this morning. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to, I want to share with you on what I call the testimony of Scripture. Somebody say the testimony of Scripture. Okay, so the scriptures, the testimony of scriptures are very powerful. And uh, you need to learn to use the testimony of scriptures. But first of all, I want to emphasize the importance of the testimony of scriptures. Testimony, we said that the word testimony, the Greek word for testimony means evidence. It also means witness. So there are sometimes when you read in the Bible, you find that the, the word witness can be interchangeable with the word testimony. For example, if we go to John chapter 5, St. John's Gospel chapter 5, and let's read verse 39. Jesus was speaking here, and he says to the, to the Pharisees, and the scribes, he says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. These are they which testify of me. Can you see? You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. So Jesus is saying to them that the, the scriptures testify of me because Jesus had been talking and he had told them that he's the son of God and they felt that he was blaspheming. And you know, blasphemy in those days was punishable by death. So if you blaspheme, you get sentenced to death. Once there are two witnesses, two or three witnesses, Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 19, um, I think it's verse 6 or so, where he says that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, yes, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a word is established. So you cannot, um, you cannot execute anyone without witnesses. If you go, into, you go to court, for instance, and maybe there's an accusation against you, and you go, you don't have any witness. You just go, you're just alone. And you want to bear witness <laughs> for yourself. How many people know that that's questionable? Yeah. Okay? That's questionable. Okay, 19, Deuteronomy 19.15. It says, One witness shall not rise against a man 
concerning any iniquity or sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. Okay? So, in other words, by the testimony of two or three people, a matter will be established. Amen. And this is a spiritual principle. So, when you, when, 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 when you go to God, or when you are presenting your case, you need to have witnesses. You need to have witnesses that you use to present your case. If you are before the court of heaven, you cannot just go before the court of heaven and start crying, oh, do something for me, you know, sort this matter out for me. The court cannot hear you because that's not, that's not a case that, that um, warrants the attention of the judge. Are you getting my point? So you need to have two or three witnesses in order to establish any matter. So this is not only true in, the, in our judicial system, it is true in the spirit. It is true in the court of heaven. You need to have witnesses. You need to have witnesses. So, the, the, uh, and when you go to court, how many people know that not every witness is credible? Yeah. So, somebody can come before the judge and begin to say things, and then the, maybe the lawyer or the advocate comes, and then he's able to maybe cast doubt on the credibility of that witness. That's the end of that testimony. Are you getting my point? Yeah. So, um, the testimony of a witness is vital. But um, the credibility is even more vital. The credibility of that witness. Imagine somebody, you go into court and they say, okay, um, tell us what happened. And then the person comes, stands in the witness box, and says, um, my neighbor told me that he saw this and that. You are, you are finished. You are disqualified. We don't want you. We want an eyewitness. We want a witness that can say, I saw. Not my neighbor saw. Not my neighbor told me. You cannot even come and say, well, I had a dream. And you present that in court. It, it, doesn't, it won't fly. Are you getting my point? So what is the most credible witness? The scriptures Amen. cannot be broken. So concerning your matter, it doesn't matter what you are going through. I want you to know that there are scriptures that favor you. Amen. There are scriptures that attest to God's will. 
and God's plan and the enemy's defeat. <laughs> Come on. There are scriptures you can get and those scriptures are credible. So Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. He was talking to them and he says to them, you read the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. He says, but they, the same scriptures, testify of me. In other words, you are reading the scriptures, but you cannot even see the testimony of the scriptures about me. That's why you cannot have life. So, how do we know that the scriptures can be trusted? How do we know that the scriptures are credible? How do we know? Look at Psalm 119, verse 89. It says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled where? In heaven. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. I thank God the word is not settled in America. I thank God the word is not settled in Cape Town in the parliament. Come on. I thank God the word is not settled in the union buildings. I thank God that the word is not settled in any village anywhere. I thank God that the word is not settled in any rock or in any tree or under the sea. I thank God that the word is not settled in any bank. Are you getting me? Yes. yes. I thank God that it is settled in heaven. And because it is settled in heaven, nobody can go and manipulate it and make it to say what it is not saying. Nobody can ascend to heaven to where the word is to try and modify it. Isn't that encouraging? It's settled. You know, our constitution can be amended. Yeah? It just takes some majority to come together and say, we are changing this. And you know that you and I can't do anything about it. If they decide to change it. But not with the word of God. Not with the word of God. It is settled. And you notice there it says for how long? Forever. How long is forever? <laughs> huh? Eternity. So after a million years, it is still as intact. So you can't be more credible than that. Glory to God. Then the Bible also tells us that the Lord has exalted his word above his name. So in other words, God decided to submit himself to the authority of his word. So this is the word, this is my Bible. God takes his word. 
and he exalts it above himself, above his name. So in other words, even God can vouch for his word. The immutability of his word. Huh? The unchangeable word of God. Nobody, even God, does not change his word. That's why oftentimes God doesn't talk anyhow. Because the moment he talks, it's sorted. It can't be changed. Many times they say, God, why can't you speak audibly to me? How many people want God to speak audibly? You're pretending. You're not raising your hands. You want to hear him. Yes? Yeah, and you will sometime. But he doesn't do it frequently. He doesn't do it all the time. Why? Because if he speaks it from that throne where he sits, it can't change. Once he says it, he himself cannot change it. So that is why he uses prophets to speak on his behalf. Because if a prophet speaks, it can be changed. But if God himself speaks, forget it. It can't be changed. So it's actually to our benefit that he's not talking much. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's, 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 it's to our benefit because he's speaking through vessels. Why? Because if he sends a prophet to you and the prophet comes and says, Put your house in order. Tomorrow you're going to die. You can go to God and say, God. And you present your case. And you get some witnesses. You use the testimony of scripture. You present it to him. He will send the prophet back. Go and say this. But if he said it himself, he can't change it. Are you getting the point? <laughs> so that is why what is in scripture is settled forever. He cannot, the scripture cannot be broken. He cannot change it. But he can change a prophetic word. The prophetic word and the scriptures don't have the same authority. Glory to God. I know you love your prophets and your prophetic words. That's fine. They have a place. But you just need to know where they belong. Peter says, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Second Peter chapter 1. He says, we have a more sure word of prophecy. What does that mean? That means there are, there are a lot of prophecy, prophetic words, but there's something that is more credible. More credible. Second Peter chapter, chapter 1 verse 19. So we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well 
to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Let's read that in the Amplified. The Amplified says, And we have the prophetic word made firmer still. You will do well to, play, to pay close attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dismal, squalid and dark place until the day breaks through, huh? through the gloom and the morning star rises, comes into being in your heart. Now, let's read it in the King James Version. The authorized kings, verse 19. The version for kings. It says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Can you see that? A what? A more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed. You do well to take heed. We have a more sure word of prophecy. In other words, it's more credible. The, more, the most credible, I mean, prophets have come and gone, but the word has remained. Do you understand? Yeah. So when you find the scripture testifying, you better take it serious. Take it serious. And I want you to, as you read your Bible, we've been reading the Bible, my goodness. How many people are still, are still on with their Bible reading? My goodness. We have made a lot of progress, right? Where are we now? The book of Luke. Yes. Come on. From Genesis. We started from Genesis. Now we're in the book of Luke. So as you're reading those scriptures, let the Holy Spirit begin to highlight the testimony of scriptures concerning your life, concerning your situation. Are you getting my point? Yeah. Why? It's credible. This is a credible witness. The Word of God is credible. So you need to, why am I saying this? I want you to have more, you, have, you need to have faith in the word of God. You need to believe the word of God. Because there are different types of witnesses. You see, there is the testimony of scripture, but do you know that there is also the testimony of your circumstances? Yeah, your, your circumstances have their own testimony. Yeah. There are times, let's say you go to the doctor, they, they, they do some tests, and then they say to you, now you've got this condition. That's the testimony of the doctor. So what are you going to do when the doctor gives you his testimony? You need to get another testimony. You need to get a more credible testimony. He, the doctor's testimony is credible in the natural, but you need a 
a, a testimony that can supersede the natural. You need a testimony that, that can overrule. You know, in court sometimes when, when they are talking and talking, then they say overrule. So the, t- the testimony of s- scripture can overrule every other testimony. Can overrule. Okay. So I don't know what you're going through and I don't know what is testifying against you. There are some people, their lives, they, they, their ancestors are testifying against them. Yeah. There's a testimony of ancestors. So they are saying, no, this one, three generations ago or four generations ago, we entered a pact with this family. <laughs> yeah. We entered a pact with this family. And according to this agreement, which always has witnesses, always has witnesses. It's like saying you're going to get married, but nobody knows. It's not credible. So, oh, well, you know, it's, it's between us. Come on. If you've tried it, don't even just look straight. <laughs> Nobody will know. But, you know, there are some people like that. They say, oh, well, you know, since we love each other, let's just, you know, let's not tell anybody. Just be married. It, it, it's not, it's not going to fly anywhere. Because for it to be credible, there have to be witnesses. They have to be witnesses. Am I correct? And they have to be credible witnesses. <laughs> yeah. They have to be credible. Not just somebody you went to pick somewhere from the street and you give him, you know, give him 500 rands and say, you are going to sign for me. Yeah. No, no, no. You need credible witnesses. So, if for anything to be, to be in force in the spirit, there have to be witnesses. So that's why even when people go to the Sangoma, he says, okay, you bring this, you bring this, you bring this. All those things are witnesses. Those things are witnesses. If you remember the case of, of Joshua, huh? Before he died, he was speaking to the nation of Israel. And he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But then he says this, if you will not serve God, these stones, come on, these stones will be witnesses against you. Question, how can a stone be a witness? How can a stone be a witness? I'm not making this up. Let's open it. Um, I think it's Joshua 24. Or thereabout. Let's see. Let's see. My Lord. Did you know it was there? Hmm? 
I'm using a different Bible, so. Look at, uh, look at 27 of Joshua. Okay, let's read from verse 26. Joshua 24, 26 and 7. Okay. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us, and it shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. A stone. A stone. So you can't go and say, oh, nobody. You know, there, there are some people, you, they make agreements, and then, you know, because it's not written, come on. Yeah, because it's not written on paper in our generation today, you just deny it. I'm telling you, the walls are a witness. And when you stand before God, you'll be surprised that wall is going to talk. Yo, isn't it, isn't it John the Baptist that told them, he says, if you don't say you are sons of Abraham, children of Abraham, if you will not God is able to raise these stones to praise. Stones can praise God. So Joshua is telling them there, this stone is going to be a witness. So when people go to the Sangoma, what happens is this. He says, bring this, bring this, bring this, bring this. All of those things. He takes it and he puts it. He says, this is a witness. This is proof that this person has surrendered to us. That's what happens. This is proof that this person has surrendered to our authority. It's under our lordship. So relieve this person for some time. <laughs> Come on. Relieve this person for some time. Why? Because it's already under us. So anytime we want, we can still get him. Because he's on the earth. And this is a token of his submission. This is going to speak. If he tries to argue. So why am I saying this? I'm saying that there are some testimonies that have been speaking against God's people. And we need to deal with them. By the testimony, the superior testimony of scripture. Hallelujah. It's a superior testimony. And that's a testimony of scripture. So it doesn't matter where you're coming from. There is a more sure word of prophecy. I don't care who has prophesied what about your life. Do you get my point? 
I don't care what has been pronounced over you. There is a more sure word of prophecy Amen. that can counter every utterance that has been made over your life. Any limitation that has been placed over your life can be countered by the superior testimony of Scripture. So I believe in the testimony of Scripture. No devil is strong enough to break the Scriptures. All of hell put together cannot break the scriptures the whole world gathered together cannot break the scriptures there is no weapon with all our military prowess and all our military technology there is no technology that can break the scriptures are you getting me so I want you to have faith in the scriptures. Amen. I want you to believe God. Amen. The testimony, the superior testimony of scriptures. Jesus is saying, the scriptures testify me. What you guys are saying, you are accusing me of blasphemy. But there is a higher testimony that is speaking. So in other words, what you are saying does not count before the universal court of justice. It doesn't count. The scriptures testify of me. So there is a testimony of scriptures. There's a testimony of your circumstances. Whatever you're going through, they are testifying. They are saying, no, this is what is supposed to be happening in your life. And that is why they are there. Do you get my point? And then there is a testimony of your senses. Do you know that your senses have testimony? Yeah, your senses have testimony. Your senses will tell you, look at how bad things are. Can you see? Of course, your senses, you know your five senses, right? What are they? Sight, hearing, taste, touch, smell. Yeah. So those five senses are witnesses. Think about it this way. Imagine someone you know your mother has wears a particular perfume. Okay? So you are somewhere and all of a sudden the perfume you have not seen your mother you've not heard anything you just perceive that perfume immediately what happens your brain tells you mommy is around you better behave now <laughs> huh come on yeah that used to happen to us when we were kids so the you just hmm everybody <laughs> Go quickly, open a book. <laughs> yeah. But what has happened is it is the testimony of your nose. Do you understand? The testimony of your nose tells you that mommy is around. 
your eyes have not seen yet, and, but your nose has perceived. So you behave accordingly before you are sighted. Because if you get sighted, especially if you are not, supposed, you are not doing what you are supposed to be doing, or if you are doing what you are not supposed to be doing, it's trouble. And she was very faithful in that area. <laughs> yeah. So what am I saying? Your senses are witnesses. So what happens is this. You go to the doctor. The doctor says, we found this. And you've been feeling somehow. Right? So your, your feeling witness starts telling you. This is it. Then you come to church, prayer, or during worship, or whatever, the power of God touches you. And then, poof, you say, I'm healed. It's gone. And you can feel it. Your, your feeling testifies. Okay? Your feeling testifies and says, yes, it's gone. Then you go to the doctor. The doctor tests you. He checks you and says, wow, it's gone. Hmm? Then, four weeks later, you meet Uncle Ben. And you are trying to share this testimony with Uncle Ben. And as you are trying to share this testimony, your feelings start telling you something else. You say, ah, this feeling is back. I thought I was healed. Huh? What do you do at that time? You need to get the testimony of Scripture. Hallelujah. You get the testimony of Scripture to say, I got healed. First Peter chapter 2 verse 24 says by his stripes I am healed and besides on that day four weeks ago the power of God touched me and it was even confirmed by the doctor so I reject you by the testimony of scripture and by the testimony of the doctor I insist and I silence the testimony of my feelings you see so you have to master how to use the testimony of scripture to your advantage and this applies in every area. In every area of life. You can use the testimony of, of scriptures. And that's why you need to know your Bible very well. You need to know your Bible. So when the enemy comes, what are you going to do now? You are going down. You are finished. There's no hope for you. What do you do? You don't even answer him. Just go get a scripture. Look for a scripture. My Lord. Huh. He who began a good work in me. 
Come on. Will be faithful to complete it. Yes. God did. Is it God that started it? If God started it, what does the scripture say? He will complete it. The fact that it appears as though it's abandoned does not mean it is abandoned because God does not have abandoned projects. Do you understand? Haven't you seen buildings? They started and then all of a sudden it's like it's abandoned. Usually it's either lack of money or maybe the person, the owner of the project passed away or there's some kind of dispute. Correct? But once God starts, first of all, it's not that he lacks the power. He is not in short of resources. And again, nobody can stop him. Who, 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 who is able to stop God? Nobody. So you find scriptures like that. He who began a good work. Come on, somebody say, he who began a good work. He who began a good work. In me, in me will be faithful, will be faithful to, complete it. to complete it. Amen. Amen. So if God began it, yes. the testimony of scripture is that he will finish it. That's the testimony of scripture. So you need to get such scriptures and let them begin to testify. And not just get one. Get two or three. Alright? Because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, uh, a word is established. So Paul gives us one in Philippians. Yes? Being confident of this very thing, Philippians 1 6, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Then you now go, let me give you another testimony. Whatsoever is born of God, come on, overcomes what? The world. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. 1 John chapter 5. Hmm? so you need to just ask yourself is it God that started it did God begin it is it born of God if it is born of God then it has within it the capacity to overcome is this vision born of God is this business born of God are you getting my point? Amen. Is this relationship born of God? Yes. Come on. Are you born of God? <laughs> yeah. So, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And I have news for you. It's not only the world it overcomes. Everything of the world. Because the devil is of the world. Yeah. He overcomes. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. So why am I sh sharing this with you? I want you to have confidence in the scriptures. I want you to begin to put your faith in the scriptures. More than in your feelings. More than in your circumstances. More than in your situation. Why? Because it is more credible. The word of God is more credible. Yes. 
than your experience. It's more credible. So I believe that it shall be unto me according to the word of God. Amen. You see, when the angel came to Mary, when the angel came to Mary, he says, she is going to conceive and she will bear a son. And she knew from what the angel was saying, he was not saying you are going to conceive in the future after you get married. She knew that he was saying you are going to be you are going to conceive now. And she says, how can this be? Seeing that I know not a man. But there is a testimony of scripture. Amen. From Isaiah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Isaiah had spoken. That a virgin will conceive. Amen. So by the testimony of scripture. Yes. The Holy Spirit had what to use. Yes. To perform this miracle. So the angel says to her, the spirit of the most high will overshadow you. And you will conceive. So it's a combination of the scripture, the word, and the spirit that produces miracles. So you want a miracle in your life. Look for two or three witnesses from the scripture. Are you getting me? You can search Paul. You can search Isaiah. You can search Ezekiel. You can search Moses. Come on. Those are witnesses. We have a cloud of witnesses. The Bible tells us. We are surrounded. We don't have a shortage of witnesses. You have more than enough witnesses. In your favor. To use for your situation. At the time of need. So the testimony of scripture is powerful. That's what gives me confidence. I'm telling you, that's my secret. My secret is the scriptures. When I look and there's no way out, I just go back to the scriptures. I see how he parted the Red Sea. I say there's a way. Come on. I might not see any way God says he is able to make a way of escape. He will not allow me to be tempted more than I can bear. If it comes against me, that means I can handle it. Do you understand? God will never allow you to face what you cannot handle. If it comes against you, it means you are are bigger than it. Come on. You are bigger than it. It's just that you underestimate yourself. You underestimate God's capacity within you. You underestimate God's grace within you. You are bigger than what you think. Turn to someone. Say, I think he's talking to you. I hope you heard. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Yeah, time is gone. Let's stand up on our feet. Glory to God. Mighty God, we thank you, Father, for the testimony of Scripture. We thank you for the testimony of Scripture. The credible, the most credible testimony, the most credible witness. 
God is going to do His will in your life. God is going to use you. God is going to perform His wonders in your life. God is going to, he's going to turn things around in your life. He's going to honor His name in your life. You are going to become a living testimony. A living testimony of God. I know people whose lives are literal fulfillment of certain scriptures. I'm telling you. And I look at some scriptures and I look at some lives and I say, this is a fulfillment of the scripture. This is a fulfillment of the scripture. So you are going to begin to ask God to show you what the scriptures say about you. Do you understand? Jesus said, you search the scriptures for they testify of me. What is the scripture testifying about you? You need to know it. Jesus knew for himself. You need to know for yourself. Come on, talk to the Lord. Tell the Lord. Mighty God, help me. Help us, God, to know the testimony of scriptures concerning us. Show us, show us what the scriptures are saying. Show us, Lord. Open our eyes to see. I don't want to listen to the testimony of my circumstances. I don't want to listen to the testimony of my situation. I don't want to listen to the testimony of my ancestors. I don't want to listen to the testimony of my feelings, of my senses. It's the testimony of scripture. My Lord and my God. Mighty God, we bless your name. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.